But something that I, I kind of come to the understanding of is a lot of the things that we do or the people that we say we are, we kind of just inherit it. Yes. Like a, a lot of people are, are doing something only because it's what their parents did, it's what their parents taught them, and they're only doing it because it's what their parents taught them, and it just kind of just goes on. If you've never actually done inner work and like self-work right. and really took a look at yourself, you actually don't really know who you are. You, Right. You know what I mean? Like so you don't really have So define we as an exercise in self-awareness. If you're going to state that you believe something, if you're going to say that this is my opinion, check yourself and figure out, like, why do I believe this? Do I believe this because right. somebody, because right. my mom or dad said it, because my, because the people in my community say it? Like, do you really believe this because it's the best ideal you can have? Is it really the most helpful opinion or belief or is it just something that is commonplace. It's true for myself. There's been many times where I had to check myself where I'm like, man, like I'm doing this thing or, or thinking this thing and it's, I don't really necessarily agree with that. Right. Sit there and actually figure it out, understand it right. and see if it's part of your core beliefs. Right. You know? Right. Because everybody's different, man. Like people, people are structured different. So something that works for you doesn't necessarily work for, for them. Like even for me, my I think my personal belief is I want to side with the idea or the opinion or the belief that is most helpful to everyone. It has the, the highest success rate for everybody and all, all shapes and sizes, all um, colors and stuff like that. So I'm not going to just say something just because it's beneficial to one race or just because it's beneficial to one group of people or, or, or one type of person. I want to I want to try to cling to the ideas that sort of encompass everybody because we are, us as human beings, we come in many different shapes and sizes, many different uh, deficiencies and, uh, and and all that jazz. So I try to side with the pains that sort of take note of that. I mean, I desire to talk about things like that, you know, just to try to look at things from a different point of view and and try to test common beliefs. Just because something is common or is normal doesn't necessarily mean it's right. Just because right. the masses agree with something doesn't mean that it's right. And I think that's how most people sort of operate or some people operate where, where if there is a large group of people believe in this thing, it has to be okay. It has to yeah. be. Yeah. Right. So, and I want to combat that because I, I disagree with that firmly. I've actually always been the opposite. And, and you know, and I learned there's a, there's actually a word for it, but kind of with whatever the mass majority of people, you know, in my area are doing I'm kind of like nah I want to do the opposite right yes yeah yeah me, me too like if there's a, like a group of people doing it like a large group of people doing it I, I'm sort of against it in a sense uh, I just don't want to be like a clone or just a, uh, I don't know I think I think at a young age it was just me trying to trying to be different and trying to define myself but I think it sort of came into yeah. a thing where I understand now as an, as an adult that every little thing you need to test uh, don't just take it for what it what it says it is I think most people they cling to the promise of a thing and not the actual uh, real, realization of a thing so right. it's like it's like if I was getting into a relationship and I promised the girl like I'm gonna be the the best man I'm gonna be so faithful to you I'm gonna be you know just the best guy you can have and then you know a year down the line I'm like cheating on her and and, and doing all kind of horrible things and she could still be clinging to the promise but she's not taking note of what what's actually taking place right there in front of her and I think most people do that they sort of cling to the promise of an idea like oh you know if we follow this path it's gonna be okay or it's gonna be all right and uh, they don't really look at the details of it of you know th there's not a, a high success rate thinking this there's not a high survival rate going down this path when it comes to family we talk about i guess the traditional uh household family with parents and kids i think that it is so important that you have both a father and a mother and i feel like it's essential to the family structure to have both and i know in the space in which i grew up in fathers weren't really that common i, think, I just think fatherlessness is anytime the father isn't bearing the full weight of his responsibilities and the, at the worst what that could look like is the father isn't in the household at all 
child. He doesn't, you know, communicate with the mother, he doesn't take ownership of his children whatsoever, but it can really manifest in many different ways. It's just, so I would just say that fatherlessness is what children experience, what the mother may experience when the father is not taking on the full weight of his responsibilities. Right. Yeah. I literally defined it as the disease in which a father is not present in their child's right, life. Right. Right. It is a disease. It is a disease. I would agree with that. It, 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 it comes so with its much. own symptoms and everything. So I guess let's talk about how it affects. All right. So I feel like it affects boys and girls differently. For boys, they have the lack of a masculine figure to show them, you know, show them what a man would look like, which is hard. I mean, it's hard to say because like you got men of all different rights. Mm-hmm. Just because a father is present in their life doesn't mean they're a good right. father. It doesn't mean they're a role model to right. the kid. So, you know, I say, I say lack of a masculine figure to show them what a man looks like, but at the same time, that it could be kind of bad. Uh, just to, just to jump in there, uh, I'm going to ask this question. What, what, which one do you think is worse? A household where the father isn't present or a household where it's just a really crap father? You know, I, I feel like it's probably worse for a shitty father to be present in yeah. life because if he is there and he is setting this example, he might teach right. his son to do these same kind right. of things. Whereas if a father is not present, you know, the, the son will grow up to like kind of develop his own mindset and a lot of things might be blamed on the guy not right. being present. But at least that, you know, the, the shittiness, like I've seen videos of like the father beats his mothers and the son grows up right. beating the women and it's right. just like, that's my dad. Yeah. So it's cool. And it's like, no, <laughs> it's not cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I lean towards that too. So, the, I lean towards the idea of it would be worse. I mean, because again, it's all about probability. It's never, it's never, uh, um, I guess, I guess a disclaimer for all of this, none of this is black and white in the sense of if you have no father in your household, you are therefore doomed. By no means are neither one of us saying that. It's just the probability for being a fully functioning, happy, I mean, like just having the, the, the best possible childhood and foundation you can. I think, I think that if you have a father in your household, it gives you the best foundation you can get. Like when you have both parents working there who and they love each other and, they, and they're helping each other bear the weight of raising a child and dealing with the world. I think you have the higher, a higher chance of success. You have a stronger foundation. I think both me and Mike are, are testaments to even if a father isn't present, that you can still sort of, you know, be a decent person at the very least. Like, this is one thing not to have a father, but it's another thing to have a person actively in your household trying to pull you into a horrible direction. So if you have like a horrible father, it's going to be hard. It's, it sort of becomes your foundation. Like if you, you can get crap habits from your from a horrible father, I can just imagine the set scenarios. But yeah, we, we can get back to yeah. how, how we believe it affects the children in the household. Yeah, I mean, and then still to stay with, with young men, with boys, I think young men without fathers tend to lack knowledge right. of self. They, they don't know who they are, who they're supposed to be. You know, all they see is their mother and they, they try to mirror themselves after their mother. And it's, it's a complete difference between masculine and feminine energy. A boy looking up to his father, it's so it's so natural and built into to our DNA to do that, that the reality of it is, is that if there is no father there, that boy, he will try to share that connection with somebody else. And that somebody else could be right. some movie character, that somebody else could be some rapper, that somebody else could be just some other kid in the neighborhood, that somebody else could be some, you know, anybody, you know, whatever man a mother lets into her household, she has the ability to test him and to check him out and say, do I want this man 
around my children? Do I think that his values and his morals are, are, are worthy enough to be in my household and be around my children? And when you sort of don't have a father figure, anybody's anybody like for me too, I feel like it was a subconscious thing. Like when I was a young boy, I didn't necessarily think to myself, oh, I'm going to listen to this person and this, this individual is going to be my father figure. I never said those words to myself, but if you were to look closely at me, that's what I was doing. I was searching for some kind of uh, male role models that, that I can sort of align yeah. myself with. Like I'm going to handle this situation like so-and-so would handle this situation. I'm going to do this like so-and-so would do this. And then with girls, I mean, I feel like without a father present, they're kind of missing like that, that model of what a provider is and, you know, what a protector is. So then as they grow older, they don't really get a good sense of what that looks like. And I could be wrong, but I feel like women model their future husbands after the type of man their father was. I 100% I agree with you that the type of father that you have, especially for women, it affects what kind of man you're looking for. Whether that be my father was horrible in these ways and I want to make sure that I don't get a man like that or my right. father was good in these right. ways and I want to get a man like that. But then if you don't have a father at all, it's sort of, it may become my standard of what I need from a man is sort of low or whatever. And so- yeah. And then they're just kind of figuring right. that out as they go. So they're like already, you know, up into their adult stages, figuring out what they, do and do one uh, in a man because I mean you and you mentioned subconsciously and I, I tell people the subconscious mind is like it has a lot more power than a lot of people right again I think it comes to it comes back to self-awareness that's the thing I would want to push the most be self-aware we are all different tools in the toolbox and it's best if you figure out what kind of tool you are so that you can be most effective in your life so that you can handle the situ your, right. your situations in the most effective way as possible because if you are a screwdriver trying to bang in a nail you, you gotta realize that ain't, that ain't your place yeah, you ain't supposed to be doing that. I think women will, will kind of grow up to resent men because, you know, most of their lives they're watching the mother do everything and take care of everything. So then I think that's where that, you know, a lot of women have this mindset that they don't need a man. They could do everything themselves and they kind of be little men. I agree with that. And then to some degree, too, it sort of shapes men as well. Like, for example, a boy could say, I grew up in a household where my mom didn't need a man. And, you know, she sort of talked down about men. I don't really feel like like men don't really, they don't have a role in the household. And then so he can go out and find a woman like that. And she will continue that same story. Like, oh, you know, men ain't nothing. And I, I don't need a man to do anything. And so that man in some kind of weird way could be like, you know what? I don't, I don't need to do this or that because women don't need me to do that. Like I'm fine just doing what I'm doing. I'm fine going from woman to woman and not really committing and stuff like that. And so the standard is being lowered of, of the standard of what men should be doing. And, it, and it's a brokenness to sort of hand it down and continue. And it's funny because that it actually worked the complete opposite for me. I, I watched my mom do everything on her own and struggle to take care of the three of us. And in my mind, I was like, that's exactly right. the opposite of what I want. And as I grew older and I have a family of my own, I like go through life trying to make sure my wife does the bare right. minimum. Every every little thing she does, right. but I can do that. I got that. Don't you know? Don't worry about that. It's, it just came from watching my mom do this. And I was like, mm -hmm. man, I wish she had some help. Just you saying that, it opens up an awareness for myself that maybe I should be more mindful of, the, of those little details as well. So we right. can get jump into how we believe that fatherlessness affects mothers. Yeah. So then I think it, it kind of plays right back into the resentment of men and I can do everything on my own. I don't need a man. That same attitude comes with it. I know so many women in this situation. A lot of these women endure a yes. lot of stress because they're working to make sure they can yes. pay rent, pay mortgage, pay. And then they, you know, come home and then the kids are right, right. at it, right in their face. And it's just out of pure right. excitement. The kids don't know no better. Like mom might have 
had a rough day and want to go sit down or go, you know, have a little bit of time to herself. And she might not be able to do that when right. she's a single parent. So a thousand percent, I agree with that aspect of it. Then another thing too is this is just a piece of the pie here. Every, everything we're talking about is through a, a small perspective. And I know, I know that the effects of fatherlessness goes wider than just what we're talking about. Uh, but we're, we're just going to try to touch base on what we've observed in the time that we sort of seen and witnessed. But uh, I agree with that a thousand percent. Life in itself is stressful. I don't think uh, anybody, man or woman, necessarily needs anybody else to be complete. But I do know that what your spouse is as a partner, and I, I think it's a matter of fact that if you have a goal, if you have a partner, that goal becomes easier to accomplish. It can be. I mean, if you pick the wrong partner, it could be worse. You may never ever reach your goals. So a, a man can be a full functioning, healthy, happy person without a wife. A woman can be a full function, healthy person without a husband. If that's what that person individually wants, then they can aim for it and, you know, do it. But like life can be stressful and it's and it's just in general good to have somebody to help you bear the weight of the stress of the world. Um, and that's sort of what family is for. We, we, we help each other out. We pull each other up when we're down. And so a woman can be like, she can have like, you know, one child, uh, two, three, whatever. There's many situations where that parent is just trying to do it on their own and they're, they're trying to work. So the world and work is stressing them out. And then they come home and they want to escape from it. And I remember me being a kid. I didn't ask my mom about what kind of, how, how, was, how did your day go? Was it a good one? Was it a bad one? I didn't, I didn't care about what kind of mood she was right, in. Right. I was just doing me. You know, I'm, I'm needy. Uh, feed me something. <laughs> right. Feed like, me mom, something. I'm get hungry. me something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw some kid down the street. He had this thing. Can I have it too? And, and really for me, like me being a father, I remember how I was as a kid. And so I try to correct my kids on I'm like, hey, you know, you know, ask your mom how she's doing or try to help out, clean up after yourself. Because I was, I was a messy kid, man. Like I, I was hard headed. And having a partner helps balance that. It helps say, hey, I see that. I see that here, mom, you're down. Let me help you out. Like it's, it's times where I might come home and I'm like, hey, you know, this is stressful for her. So let me try to step in and help out. But if you're a single parent, you don't have that. You don't have that relief. It's just, you know, it's 24 seven. You know, I'm at work. I'm working. I'm working. Stressful things are happening. I come home and then no one really cares about where my mental health is or, or, or how I feel and stuff like that. And so it, it can be taxing on an individual. I feel like this is really draining of your of mm -hmm. your energy mentally. So then I think that it kind of just plays into like women kind of like start desperately mm -hmm. seeking for that partner. And that's how they kind of just fall into these men that are not out to be partners, that are yeah. to be like vultures pretty much. <laughs> and then let's like bring that in and it kind of just drains even more and then they separate and then it's just like this vicious cycle. Right. To have time to yourself is like a, right. a necessity for human beings. I think that's something I actually just told you know, the queen of my house because we we take a lot of personal dates to where like I have an older right. daughter so she'll watch the babies we'll go out and like just spend a, a day out or you know go out for the night or something and just, just even if we just go have dinner we'll do that I actually just told her a couple of weeks ago that I think we need to start having personal days to where you know even gives her time away from me me time away from her to where you just go out and hmm. do something personal I, I feel like that's it, you know yeah like, I, I agree like with that Important. Shoot, I need to upgrade my dating game first. She told me that as well. I need to date her more. But yeah, yeah. so because I'm really antisocial, I don't like crowds. I don't mm -hmm. like like I would stay at home. Same here. That, that yeah, is, you want to date me? Let's thing. stay home. But yeah, I think touching back yeah, on women maybe going after dead end guys. There's this. I think I 
think it originates in the Bible where it was just like, you should look out for widows and orphans. I heard that line and it, it sort of sticks with me. It, it, it sort of, because for me, I have a vision of myself being my best self. And, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of the man that I am today. And, I'm, and I'm, I try to be conscious of the version of myself that's the best. But I love the concept of looking after widows and orphans. A widow is defined by a married woman who loses her husband. He, he dies. I mean, I guess a, a man could be a widower too. So maybe it's a different term for it. But basically it's like a person who has a spouse and they die. And then your orphan is a kid without parents. One thing I've realized is that widows are not just women who have their husband deceased. Uh, technically speaking for me, a widow could be a woman who is pursuing infatuated with dead end men. And an orphan could technically be just children with, you know, parents with no interest in parenting them in a sense. So even going back to the name of, of our podcast, Define We, I think it's important if you're a single mother, it's important before you start dating that you actually define for yourself, what is a good man? What would be a good role model to my children? What would be a good, you know, and that's just single women in general. Like actually, sometimes you're just sort of looking out your front door or looking at, you know, wherever you're going to find somebody, whether it be your job or wherever. And you just say, what is available here? You don't have to settle for that. Like actually define for yourself, what do I believe a good man is? You know, and it, it doesn't have to be too right. too specific. It, it could be sort of broad, but you have to know what to say no to. You have to know what, had to have some kind of standard. And I feel like I've met people who, and this is guys and women, you know, just, just another person telling them they're attractive. That's good enough. Like, oh, you think I'm attractive? Okay, cool. You know, that's, that's good enough. Like, and then now we can start dating. I was going to say, it's funny you even say that because I tell, I, I tell people this all the time and I've never really thought of it fully, but something I tell people all the time is throughout my entire life and before ever having kids, mm -hmm. wanting kids, or even thinking about kids, I still looked at every woman like, would she make a good Damn. mother? And I was talking to one of my cousins about this and why if he didn't want kids right. with her? And I was like, because there's always still the potential that, you know, kids, there's always the risk. And I was like, yeah. if I don't feel like she will make a good mother. I would never say that I consciously ever had that thought, but but I can say that to some degree, as I reflect on my thoughts when I when I met my wife, that I can agree with that. Just like she was very caring and sweet. It's sort of how she set herself apart from other women. Like I said, I don't think I've ever had that conscious thought where I said, hey, you know, would she be a good mother? But I definitely think that was sort of on my radar in some kind of sense. So the reason that conversation came up with him is because he he had called me and he just talked to a woman that had a son and he didn't, he doesn't have any kids of his own. And he was saying like, hey man, I never talked to a woman with a kid. You know, he's like, I don't know, I don't know thing. And I'm like, I actually like talking to women with kids. You can see how they are with, you know, right, their own right. kids. You ever have kids with them? He goes, oh, I never right. thought of that. And I was like, dude, I've always thought of that. <laughs> like, you know. I agree with that. It's, it's sort of like someone can tell you about who they are, but then when you see them interact with their kid, or if you, even if you just see their kids, sometimes just seeing someone's kid tells you everything you need to know. You only need to see them, like, interact with them. You can just sort of see how their kid behaves and be like, you know, right, whoever right. their parents are, I don't think they got it all put together. I think your kids are a reflection of you. So whatever their shortcomings are, are to a certain degree it's right. on you and whatever they excel at to a certain degree it's on you as well so they are a reflection of you and so I, I agree with that again if you're a woman and you are an individual in general a man or a woman and you want to be single go for it i think at the end of the day if you have a child you you didn't have that child by yourself i think that no parent should be single they should always have someone help them bear the weight of their child i wish i could just scream that truth on a mountaintop yeah i mean and again we all human we all have our moments like we all make mistakes and try to make it right 
Like I would encourage anybody that if you have children, try to bear as much responsibility with them as you can. It's important. It takes two people to have a baby. So it should take two people to raise a child in whatever capacity that looks like. Even and even as a like a co-parent, a lot of I feel like a lot of men, especially just mm-hmm. based on my experience of what I've seen, a lot of men feel like if they aren't in a relationship with the woman, then they want nothing to do with the kid. I had a colleague once actually who divorced her husband and they were perfect like co-parents. It was weird because like she worked at this plant I worked at. Her ex-husband worked there. Whoa, her okay. current husband worked there. <laughs> Clean like her ex-husband's new wife and her husband parented her kid. And it was really mature. But and that's a, that's a complicated subject though too because it could be, you know, the input of the mother that sort of makes it hard for the father to do his thing. It could be the father just say, hey, I'm not dating you anymore. Right. So whatever. More so so briefly, let's do a, let's, how fatherlessness affects fathers. Let's throw that in there too. I mean, I guess I guess my first thought on that would be, I remember when, when my son was born, that was my firstborn. I think that was the first time where I thought to myself, I need to cling to ideals that are not just good for me, they're good for other people like him. I need to believe things that that are not just good for right. me, but they're good for him. So if if I'm doing something or if I'm thinking something that is technically good for me, but it's not good for him, then I probably shouldn't be a part of that. And so through me having a child, I questioned my actions and my beliefs a lot more. I became more of a spiritual person just because I thought about those things more. I, like the same questions I would ask myself and I just sort of put on a back burner. I asked myself like, what if he asked you those questions? Will you have an answer? Or you, you can bury those thoughts away in your own self, but you can't necessarily tell him, that. oh, don't ask questions like that. Okay, so one of the other things I learned from taking on the responsibility of being a father, I learned about love. I learned love at its purest form. So technically speaking, by me becoming a father, I learned to be a better spouse, a better husband. And, and why I say that is because like, there's a certain way that love was sort of taught to me growing up, whether it be through TV or just out interacting with people. But one truth that I learned about love is that when you say you love somebody, it's, it's an unconditional statement. You're not saying, I love you only when you do good things for me. I love you only when you're nice to me. When my son was born, he was uh, jumping into liabilities versus uh, assets a little bit, but literally children, and this is going to sound cruel, but they're liabilities. They don't, they don't do anything for you. They take your sleep, take your money, right. take your time. I didn't care because I loved him. Even though he only took from me, I love you. Therefore, you can take all you want and you don't have to give me anything back in return. And that's what true love is. When you say you love somebody, you need to know them. Because I, I don't think you could ever really love somebody unless you really know them. Because you're what you're saying is, based off what I know about right. you, I know that you would never do something horrible to me. I know that you would never be using. I know that you would never cheat. And so based off what I know about you, no matter what you do, I'm going to love you because I know that you won't do these unforgivable things. I know that you won't murder me. I know you won't cheat on me. I know you won't steal from me. So because I know that, I want to tell you that I love you. And no matter what you do, because I know to the extent of what you're willing to do and not willing to do, I'm, I'm here for you. And so I don't think you ever really commit to loving somebody unless you know them. Like I said, I, I learned that about love. I learned that love is truly it's a declaration that is unconditional and if you have a conditional love with somebody it's not really necessarily a love it's more of like a i don't know a honeymoon phase or something like that yeah i mean i i agree with what you just said like if you have a conditional love that mm-hmm. is more like a strong right. like so for me it's crazy right because before having kids of my own i kind of just i won't say because I, I wasn't i wasn't reckless but i i had no type of fear like i was like right right if i didn't right. like a job i'm just quitting <laughs> 
quitting a job. Like, I'll go get another job. But, you know, like, for example, I didn't have kids of my own before moving to Houston. So for me, it was like, oh, I'm moving to Houston, you know, whatever. I got here. It's, it's kind of a long story, me moving here. But I didn't have living. I had living arrangements set up. And while I was driving down right. to Houston, the guy just ghosted me. So then I'm like, all right, forget it. I'm just sleeping in my car for a little while till I get some money up. And like, I just, I truly didn't care. I didn't have any fear. But nowadays, it's more like I was working in the plants. And the, one of the big reasons I wanted to get out of the plants is right. because you can get laid off at any moment. And it's just everyday operations. Like COVID <laughs> or nothing. We talking about just, yeah, right. yeah, plant, plants about down. We just laying boys off. And, and I was like, well, that's, if I get laid off right. randomly, not expecting it, and I don't have funds, like maybe I can't pay rent, and then me and my family is out on the streets. And I, so I took all that into, into consideration. I was like, I got to get out right. now while because right. like it just it doesn't just affect me now it affects so many more people like i i gotta take care of these people i can't just right i can't live on the edge like i was the first yeah you, you look at the world differently you know, you, like you said you, you're being less reckless because you're like wait a second you know i need to be here i need to be present because i need to help that little person out i need to be there for them i need to plan for the future and actually consider yeah. the future and consider how my actions impact other people right because i had no i had no like no worries and i still don't i have no worries in my queen it's like if something is wrong with me she she will be fine like she she's a strong woman she'll step up so i had no fear of her like i had i was with her in indiana and my decision to move here to houston and i've, I've told her this that's why i'm comfortable saying it on this podcast my decision to move here was gonna happen with or without her and i was okay. confident that she would have been okay but after us having kids it's like no right. it's like that every everything changed now it's like now i have to take care right. of her i have to take care of my kids i mean i have the best way to articulate this but like i legitimately feel like fatherlessness affects not only the household it affects neighborhoods it affects you know towns cities because just in general human beings it's a truth to be your best self you have to try to take I, I, this is like a fundamental truth for me if you want to be yourself your best self whether it's a woman boy man girl whatever you have to bear as much responsibility as you can bear um and i think a lot of times people are always off looking elsewhere trying to be distracted instead of instead of being focused on what's important to them and again that wraps back around to self-awareness like once you become self-aware you realize that man i was worrying about a b and c and that's not even none of my business i need to be worrying about one two three over here like um and people are mm -hmm. there's a lot of stress you can you can separate yourself from just by being self-aware and saying hey this is not my issue this is not something i need to worry about and then like th there's some things that we are built for as individuals and there's some things that aren't aren't for us and, and i think you 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 are your best self once you figure out what's for you and what's not for you. What are some of your um, potential remedies for fatherlessness? I feel like men got to stop using right. their relationship with the mother as an excuse. Sometimes that I know that can be the case, but a lot of times it's not the case. And a, a lot of men will use that they don't get along with the mom as a reason that they can't be there for their for their kid. So that's one thing to stop doing. Another thing, man, is, is stop using the the bullshit excuse of I hear a lot of a lot of guys will say they busy they'll, they'll tell women they're busy and they're trying to get money and they're working <laughs> most of the time they sit in their home playing 2k <laughs> i feel like it's just like this bullshit agenda that's being pushed on black men especially as a black man as a boy as a man yeah. whatever define yeah. to yourself if you don't know figure it out like, yeah. what type of behaviors or things could i be a part of that would make me a better man and how do you judge whether what's better and what's not like how does it affect you how does it affect people near 
hear you. Is it a positive effect? Is it a negative effect? <laughs> Figure it out. People's environments sometimes messes them up. And that in itself is not the easiest yeah, thing to, sure. to break yourself from. But I think the first step is acknowledging that something is good or bad for you. And then you can work on figuring out how to remove yourself from it. But people aren't even committing to figuring out, is this bad? Is this good? Is You know, yeah. I, hang, I hang out with this dude or this chick. Are they a bad influence on me? Are they a good influence? I, I don't really know. Like, and people aren't being honest with themselves. They, I think at the end of the day, for every last human being, you're influenced by something. And so don't don't lie to yourself and say, I ain't influenced by nothing. Nothing influences what I, no, you are influenced by something. Like I'm out here doing this and I'm doing it for people that don't even really care. Or I'm out here trying to keep up with this person and I yeah. should just be happy with what I got. You know, work with less. Like I'm so like, I don't know. I'm so like out of tune with a lot of things. Like I had the example of the Cardi B chick and her husband are divorcing and somebody called me and was like, yeah, you heard they're divorcing? I was like, nah, I didn't even know. Right. And then after, after finding out, I was like, I don't really care either. Like, it's, right. Cause it's just right. not my business. It's not yeah. something I'm, um, like, Yeah. The individuals matter. don't, uh, um, yeah. It's like a distraction, man. It's, and then another, another conversation I had, cause you, you had mentioned people's environment could be part of the problem. My experience, after leaving you know my hometown and moving all the way here exactly about a thousand miles away a thousand and some change i was i don't know i was able to grow more i was able to focus on myself and my family more without the distractions of everything i grew up with around me i feel like i will make it a requirement for my kids to travel for at least one year in their life right. when they you know become you know hit at least 18. i think i will make it like a require you have to leave the entire state that you grew up in and go somewhere what I realized is when I was up in Indiana, I felt like I always had my mom to fall back on. She still had this four bedroom house that we grew up in or whatever. So I felt like no matter what, if I fucked up, I could just go move back in with mom and start right. over again. But when I moved here, there was no, I had nobody. There was no failure. Like I had to succeed. I had, I had no choice right. but to make it or I was like, I was sleeping on the street. It's like a growing pain type thing where you, you start to see the, the reality of it right. a little bit more. When you had that right. safety net, you sort of went operating in the reality of what most of the world operates in but knowing that i have to be responsible and and my actions right. matter that's a good reality to cling to and that helped you grow as an individual that's what's up right. i like that idea i mean trying to encourage your children to travel and i mean it could be like college if, yeah. if they decide they want to go to college okay we'll go out of state mm -hmm. you know what i mean like don't don't go close to home because i did that i went close <laughs> to home and then i went back home i didn't finish college so for the women and this is based on things that i've seen women have y'all yes. have to absolutely stop using your kids as weapons i've seen yeah. women using their kids as a weapon against the father that's the thing like there are piece of crap dudes that are not worth anything but there may be guys out there who are like hey i'm trying to take care of my kid and the mother of my children is, is making it difficult um I, i've heard horror stories of uh like child support and stuff like that but mm. i think i think that's where it starts at. a remedy for me in my mind is it first starts with defining what a good mate would be it first starts with defining who is worthy of sharing your body with even if this world was filled up with 80 percent shitty guys if 100 percent of our women knew what a good guy was and they knew to avoid the 80 percent of shitty guys only the the 20 percent of good men would procreate or have babies or whatever and it sounds extreme but like it starts there like a lot of fatherless households are because two people got together and said hey you're cute and hey you're cute let's go to the bedroom and then that's all but re the reality of it is is that you should get to know a person and check off some boxes 
boxes before you share yourself with them ideally because you you're going to know if they're going to be there for you when when a woman gets pregnant she shouldn't be terrified to the point where she's like i don't know how so and so is going to respond to this she should generally have some kind of feeling like okay based off my previous discussions with him yeah. based off the time that i've spent with him i know that he's here for me not only has he told me that he's here for me he's shown me through this event this event and that event and so i know that it is safe and i know that i have someone to have my back if i have a child but there's some women who are not like that the guys who have women who are using their their children as weapons or are, are tearing them apart with, with child support check off some boxes with that chick before you start laying with her is this chick crazy is she fit to be a, a good wife right. figure it out like before you start the, the action of potentially creating babies with this person figure out what are the the worst case scenario would be if you did have a baby with this person i think that if everyone was sort of educated and, and motivated by those things i think that that would address fatherlessness a lot again if people are in a committed relationship and they know they're down for each other the chances of that being a fatherless household when they have a kid are extremely lowered if you only slept with people that you knew cared about you and were fully committed to you we wouldn't worry about that as much and it's it's a simple thing and and that's why i'm against people just using each other for like one dimensional reasons if you're okay with that and you that person say hey you know uh, that's right. all i want to do that's what i tell people like if you're going to commit to a choice that's cool i'm not i'm not going to be upset at you but that's what we're talking about we're talking about like define what you're actually committing to define what your belief is like so if i if i say nah man forget what you're talking mm -hmm. about i want to have mm -hmm. you know sex whatever i want to that's cool but just know that the good side of that is you'll be able to have sex with whoever you want to whatever just know that there's a bad side of that you might go have sex with whoever you want to and that person may be crazy and you may have a baby with them now you got to deal with a crazy person for the next 18 to affinity years and once you go commit to that you're saying i'm okay with both i'm okay if it goes right. well and i never see this person again they don't get pregnant i'm okay with if i have a baby with this girl i'm okay with both that's why i'm here right now doing it so whenever you commit to an action for example let's say mike you're terrified of skydiving and i'm and i do it all the time i can tell you man it's exciting man it's, it's nothing like it ever mm -hmm. ever in life like it's, it's the most exciting thing ever and you can be like nah man i know i'm missing out on that excitement of actually being in the sky and seeing the earth in that way and feeling the wind on my face and stuff like that i know i'm missing out on that fun but i'm willing to give up that fun because the flip side of that is I'm falling out the sky right now. And what if something goes wrong and I just smash into the ground? So I don't want the good or the bad that comes with it. Like for me, right. even growing up, I learned it after a couple of trials and errors. But at a young age, I, I, I sort of discovered that I didn't want the good or the bad that came with just casual sex. And you got to understand what the good is, understand what the bad is, and then yeah. make a decision. People aren't doing that. They're not, they're not understanding the, the bad that could potentially come with their decisions. But if you know and you said, I'm cool, whatever, that's, hey, more, more power to you but i feel like most people they not they don't they don't they don't understand they don't understand what they're getting themselves into and i think that that would fix our families if you if you really thought about it if you really only shared yourself with someone that you have verifiable evidence that they are down for you and they're going to care care for you and be there for you right i think that's one time yeah. that people need to be extremely picky like even with friends man i was i hear a lot of i know a lot of people that you know have friends and they ended up becoming enemies <laughs> with these friends and i always tell people i've never had that i don't know what that is like right so for families that are still in unison that are still together mother and father that's still co-parenting or even in a relationship together i feel like right. each other same as we was talking about earlier everybody needs time for themselves i feel like especially women 
man. I feel like women are naturally maternal. Yes. And naturally, like for me, like the kids cry and I'm like, ah, yes. oh, that'll be fine. I feel like she overstresses herself about it, but I think that it's right. like a, I think that's a natural thing that she's not really in control yes. of. So I like I shield her from the kids sometimes. If she's doing something, I like no, go back in the room. Like get out of here. Like I I, I protect her from them, and then right. I um, even try to encourage her to have time alone or time out with friends or something or you know maybe let me take the kids sometimes i'm not like the greatest because sometimes like i just i need to go to the store right and, and right. she's like yeah hey, <laughs> trip with you or something i'm like nah because i just want to yeah. run in and run out yeah and sometimes i actually do stop and think about that and i was like yeah i could take them with me let me go ahead and because it's just even if i'm gone for like 30 minutes to an hour it's still 30 right. minutes to an hour of right. like and I mean, and it's, and it's important to recognize too. Uh, something I recognize is that we are not perfect. No individual is perfect. But for me, I, I'm always aware of who I. I'm, I'm trying to be consciously aware of who I am, and then I also always have a picture of myself being that better person. And so with that, I, I may sometimes say ideals or things that I may not be 100 percent on, like actually doing, but I'm, I'm striving for it. I'm trying to speak it into existence. And that's sort of what you have to do. You have to like every everything we see is just a thought manifested. And we mm. sort of have to just bring that bring that into reality by, you know, thinking about it, speaking about it and then, you know, doing it. And so even though even though we can say something like, you know, I may not be 100 percent on doing this thing, but it's right. still a good thing. It's still good to aim for it and try to speak it into existence. I think I think that's an important truth of the world. Right. I mean, <laughs> if you don't have anything else, this may be, you know, a good way to end the uh, the talk. Uh, you know, just a just a, a drop in the well on on the disease that is uh, fatherlessness. For anyone who's listening, we we appreciate it. We're trying to create an environment where we can just sort of, you know, talk about different things and and, and trying to define what we actually believe and what we're trying to aim for. What we where, how are we trying to grow and, and what kind of ideas are we actually clinging to? I guess I'll just say thank you for listening and and you know tune in for more.